Hi, everybody. It's Daniel Schwarzman, co-host of A Positive Jam. We're one week away from our first episode, which will break down the first track off of the Hold Steady's debut album, Almost Killed Me, as part of a podcast where we break down every track of the Hold Steady's debut album. The name of that track is Positive Jam, and it's where we got the name for this podcast. We're really excited about it, and to help you get excited, we're sharing a couple playlists to set the scene. Last week, my co-host Mike Taylor did a Hold Steady Starter Kit playlist, and this week I'm sharing a playlist of early 2000s music to give you a sense of why Almost Killed Me sounded so different from everything else that was out there. Before I get going, I just want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you get podcasts if you're listening to this for the first time. Follow Shortman Studios on Spotify to actually see this playlist, which is titled Early 2004, The Scene in Which the Hold Steady Emerges. Leave us a review or rate us on Apple Podcasts. We have a bunch of ratings and reviews so far. Thank you to everybody who's left one already. And share us with a friend if you can. The first episode comes out next Wednesday, August 5th, and we want to make sure as many music fans as possible are aware of this podcast. Okay, so I'm going to approach this playlist a little differently than Mike did last week. What I tried to do with this playlist is put together a snapshot a moving picture of what music sounded like in the early 2000s when the Hold Steady came onto the scene. So by necessity, I have a longer playlist with 33 songs on it, and I'm not going to go through all of them here. Instead, I'll explain what this list is about and then zoom in on a few of the representative songs on this list. The ground rules are that these songs came out from 2000 to March 16, 2004, when Almost Killed Me came out. And that's basically it. It'll reflect my personal understanding of the music scene both at the time and in hindsight, but what can I do? I'm sorry. People think I'm pretty. The Hold Steady formed in 2003 in New York City and emerged in 2004 with Almost Killed Me, the subject of this season of A Positive Jam. One of the aspects of that album that has made it endure is its intentional nature. The Hold Steady had a vision of who it wanted to be from the outset. And a big part of that came from how lead singer Craig Finn and lead guitarist Tad Kubler looked around and couldn't find much of the big rock and roll sound they grew up loving. Our early 2004 playlist pulls together five or six strands of music from the early 2000s. Mainstream music, indie rock mainstream, good indie stuff, unconventional styles, and emo. Let's start with mainstream music. I think I might have mentioned this before, but mainstream, guitar-driven rock was in a bad spot. I'm featuring bands that charted, and that gets us acts like Three Doors Down with a track that isn't Kryptonite, to my surprise. Mainstream rock wasn't all bad. Radiohead and Coldplay feature here, and while I'm no big fan of their career as a whole, I have to say Clocks is an awesome song, even if Mike disagrees. R&B and rap, we have heavy hitters. Beyonce's Crazy in Love, for example, which still feels like it came out yesterday. Our hip-hop representatives show that if in the 90s you could argue about whether rock or rap was the dominant cultural force, by the early aughts it was clear what musical style mattered to the culture and to history. This is my life and these times are so hard. 
The most important style to Craig Finn and company to set themselves against, though, was what I'm dubbing the indie rock mainstream, our second category. Bands out of the New York scene like The Strokes, Interpol, and The Rapture, and The White Strips are from Detroit but fit into the mix. There's a strand of garage band throwback styling, and a strand of punk, new wave, joy division, and television echoing. Again, I don't want to caricature this. Some of this was great stuff. I still like Franz Ferdinand's Take Me Out, which came out a few weeks before Almost Killed Me in 2004. And the Hold Steady also begs a question. Why is it better to play throwback 70s hard rock than throwbacks 80s dance splice new wave? It's a very rockist take to argue in favor of the 70s hard rock, and I don't think we wholly answer that question on this podcast. But then on again, I think the music answers for itself. I mean, check this out from the rapturous hyped single, House of Jealous Lovers. If you want evidence that the Hold Steady cared about this, dig around on the Unified Scene, a Hold Steady fan's message board, and you'll find a thread titled Craig Finn's Speeches. There, you'll see a speech that user Nozafratu transcribed from a London show in 2018, where Craig said, and I quote in my best Craig Finn impression, We started this band, The Hold Steady, in 2003. That's 15 years ago. 15 years ago, at least in New York City, you couldn't go anywhere without a DJ. Go to a club, of course there's a DJ. That's cool. Go into a bar, there's a DJ. It's pretty decent. If I'll be honest, he's a good DJ. You go to the post office, there's a fucking DJ. Walk into a party, there's a DJ. That's the period of time where we put this band together, the hold steady. With the loud guitars, fucking piano, the bass, drums. What about rock and roll? So this song is about rock and roll. He said that while introducing most people are DJs, which we'll talk about on episode four of this series. The next category is indie rock that I like. I'd argue that 2004 was a turning point for music. Artists that make an initial big impact that year include Arcade Fire, Animal Collective, Feist, Joanna Newsom, TV on the Radio, and MIA, among others. I think this is when indie rock starts to assert itself as a creative force, setting the path to a merging of indie rock and mainstream currents. By the end of the decade, Jay-Z is name-dropping Grizzly Bear, and... By last week, Bon Iver has both collaborated with Kanye West and Taylor Swift. And I'd say 2004 is when this all got started. So, I'm including some good stuff that's starting to percolate in the 2000s from bands who may not have ever become huge, but that stand the test of time. I follow that with a few tracks that fall into the unconventional song structure category. It's something we talk about in this podcast, about the whole steady defying the classic verse-chorus structure, and whether that works. Bands increasingly got praised for running against convention, and it's worth considering that as a backdrop for the whole steady starting point and progression. Her last category is emo. Emo had a breakthrough moment in the first half of the 2000s, and I crashed into that moment. As a music fan, I went from grunge and post-grunge handed down from my older brother, the Boston radio station WAAF, 
and the BMG Music Club mailing one-hit wonder CDs to me time and again. Shout out to God Lives Underwater and the Toadies. The classic rock in high school, thanks to Napster, Kazaa, WZLX, especially the Memorial Day Top Songs Ever Countdown. And Emo by senior year, thanks to my friends. I graduated in 2002 and charted my own path in college, delving into the canon of Dylan, Hendrix, The Beatles, Patti Smith, and getting into the roots of emo, visiting 4FA.com and buying Fugazi's 13 songs. That led me to burgeoning indie webzines and message boards like punknews.org, Pitchfork, and 30music.com. I ended up writing for 30 Music starting in 2004, which introduced me to the broader world of indie rock and contemporary music at large. The founders of that site will join us at the end of this podcast series to talk about the Twin Cities music scene, and that time is directly responsible for my hearing almost killed me right when it came out, and getting hardcore into music. So 2004 was also a turning point for me, musically and in a number of other ways. Emo isn't totally off the grid for the Hold Steady either. Blake Schwarzenbach of Jets to Brazil was also a cited influence for Craig Finn, thanks to his previous band, Jawbreaker. And the Hold Steady would end up on Vagrant Records, a quasi-major label known for its emo-driven catalog, for their biggest albums, Boys and Girls in America and Stay Positive. That's it. Those are my categories for the early 2004 playlist. I should say I mixed the order up on the playlist, so hopefully it flows well for you. You can check out the full playlist on Spotify by following the Shortman Studios account. A link to that playlist is also in the episode notes wherever you're listening to this. If you think of other tracks when you think of the early aughts, email us at mail at shortmanstudios.com or ping us at mbrookstaylor at Daniel Shortman or at Shortman Studios and tell us what we missed. We will share it around to repent for our sins and remember some songs. I'd like to say one more time that you can subscribe to this podcast wherever you get podcasts. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or share this with a friend. We would be super grateful for any of those things. We love music. We love talking about it. We're really excited to share our thoughts on the Hold Steady with you at length starting next week. Any tracks quoted on this podcast, the rights belong to their creators, of course. This has been a Shortman Studios production. Thank you to co-host Mike Taylor for inspiring this playlist idea and for contributing to this episode. I am Daniel Schwarzman, and I hope to see you next week for the debut of a positive jam. So hold steady.